0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Welcome to the day, another day, another opportunity to be a an even greater version of ourselves. Every day at a time. Life is a game of inches. And all we gotta do is wake up in the morning and try to be a little bit better. It's the beauty of life. Really. We have this ritual. I think this was the third episode of this of this series I spoke about the idea of washing one's hands every morning we have this ritual um, to wake up in the morning and wash your hands one of the reasons is because washing your hands is symbolic of the things that you've done it doesn't mean to shirk responsibility it means that there's a there's a there's a new there's a new freshness that every day brings a chance to start again a chance to be a little bit better a chance to make Amends to forgive yourself, which is the most important thing. I think we've been speaking a lot about rituals, about schema, about different aspects of how each and every one of us can grow. And yesterday we were talking about happiness. For those that are joining us for the first time, thank you. Um, my grandmother passed away on Monday, and I wanna thank all of you for all of your, your kind words. I really appreciate it, taking the time out of your days to, to write words of, of comfort and encouragement means the world to me, really does. You don't realize how incredible of each and every one of us is and how much just your kind words make mean a lot. And for the stories and for the, for the nice things, really. Ken, I don't know if you're watching Ken. Ken sent me the best story yesterday about his grandmother. My grandmother used to stuff us, I mean, to no end. There was never enough food. I mean, there was never never a concept of enough. More, 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 more. Eat again, eat again. Another one, another one. There there was no concept in the life of a Holocaust-surviving grandmother, at least mine, that her grandkids should come out anything but stuffed, we're like stuffed chickens. If I would have gained 50 pounds, she would have been like, where? I don't see it. it it's, a, it's a uniqueness that, that we had. And Ken was telling me a great story about his grandmother and just sharing stories of each other, right? Of, of our grandparents and our parents, depending on, it, it's, so, it's so comforting because it just reminds us how we're all the same. It's, we're a family. We're, we're, we're a brotherhood. Regardless of your background or your race or your religion we're we 're one we're a people, so it's an honor and we spoke yesterday about this idea of happiness. We started to toy into it because that was my grandma's that was my Bobby's, that was her her motto in life and I want to get into it here we're in this we're in this unique month in the Jewish calendar where we're supposed to be minimizing our joy but what's critical is understanding that we're in the month of mourning and yet god doesn't say turn off the joy he says minimize the joy because he is driving the point that even in the middle of destruction which is what we're going to be commemorating tonight still be joyous it's incredible You would think that God says during the month of Av, which is this month that we're in, during the time in which you're commemorating the worst tragedy in Jewish history, you should have no joy. You should be sad. He doesn't say that. The Mishnah says. When you get to this month, you lower your joy. It doesn't say you turn it off. And the lessons, which is so crystal, so clear, so shocking, which is there is no moment in your life where you don't have to have some measure of happiness. Which means that happiness cannot be based on circumstance. Because if it was, then the months that we commemorate joyous occasions, we'd be joyous. And the month in which we commemorate sad things, we'd be sad. So, if anything, this is exactly the time. Because if we can't get underneath happiness, if we can't get underneath true happiness, not the happiness that I think we believe, so to speak, in, the circumstance that takes place when I then I there's a concept of when I then I and if you think about it based on what we've been talking about it makes a lot of sense right if if you are if you've been living in a world where ever since you were little someone had been telling you when you get here then like if you've been living in a world with the whole and I'm not blaming anything I I, I'm not blaming a society or a system I'm just articulating the implications of that in our minds if you're living in a world where all you do at the end of a semester is get to the next semester all you do is get you're always going to the next thing there's always a thing that you have to get to you go from you know, elementary school to middle school, from middle school to high school, from high school to whether you take the year from good Israel to college, to college, to the job, to the job, to your first year associate, then your second year associate, wherever you are, you're always moving towards somewhere. I had a friend of mine who became so incredibly wealthy, like overnight, like he invested in real estate during 08 and he bought some buildings and he never had money. And and then the buildings turned around in 09 because New York city in 08 hit this massive recession and real estate was in the middle of it because of the mortgage crisis. And he happened to be involved in a few deals and he had some money and he borrowed money, whatever it is. And he got into like three or four massive deals in 08 when the market was terrible. And then like it came back so quickly and he was like under 40. He was so successful financially beyond his, dreams beyond his parents dreams beyond his grandparents dreams he could have retired he could have sold out of his shares and the properties that he had now owned and retired for life and i remember the conversation in whatever it was the 2013 i don't know 14 sometime and i'm like waiting for him to be like "I, i don't know what to do with myself i'm overwhelmed and he said to me like i gotta get to that next level i'm like what next level? He's like, that next level? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Next level? You, didn't even, you couldn't have dreamed of this level of wealth ever. Ever. He was, he was a, a, a real estate broker selling one type of units, making X dollars a commission, and he was projecting himself at this much money. For whatever reason, he now made more money than he even projected. At that moment, he should have been washed in joy. And his natural inclination was, there's a level. Because once you got into his level of success, he now started hanging out with some people who, I'm like, there's no more levels, my friend. You had so many dreams. You had so many things you wanted to accomplish. Just bask in the gifts that God gave you. And he wanted to get to the next level. Why? Because that's how we're programmed. We're programmed this way. That's called neuroplasticity. We're programmed to play levels. We feel that if I'm not fighting for the next level, I'm not going to be ambitious. Like Ariel, you're right. It's never, we got to understand this. We don't, we don't crack this open together. We're going to get lost. Remember, wisdom is based on distinctions, distinctions, we can't split hairs. We can't understand it at the right level. If you ever studied a page in Talmud, they're making the whole thing as distinctions. You can't walk outside in this day. Outside, what is it, five meters? Is it 20 meters? Is it three mil? Is it two? What's the difference, Rabbi? Just don't walk outside. No, because they understood that if we're going to get underneath something, we got to get distinctions. Here's a major distinction. What is the difference between always getting to the next level and being ambitious? We're so scared to slow down because if we slow down, we're not ambitious. And when someone finally slows down, he doesn't have a balance between I want to be properly ambitious versus never satisfied. This idea that we're always getting to the next level means that everything that we're looking for in life is going to live over the next hill. But here's the problem. You never hit the Hill, and when you start realizing that you're at the end of the not at the end you're further down the road, and you look back and go, "Wait a second what what nobody told me we gotta understand this together we gotta we gotta we gotta ask questions before we give answers. We're Jews or I'm Jewish. if you're listening and you're not Jewish, welcome and stay with us. We love you." I happen to be Jewish, so I ask questions all the time. What is this? What is this next level thing that doesn't let us slow down for a minute to to appreciate what we have? Where does happiness come from? Does it come from achieving that thing over the hill? So I want to share with you something that's been on my head all day yesterday. You know, when people call and they, when they, you know, they call or they text, they write and they say, they're sorry, they give us condolences. It's funny. I get a very similar thing with my grandmother. I got it with my grandfather too. Losing a loved one is hard. And when at the moment of loss, it's really hard. You know what's interesting? Yesterday I had a whole bunch of of the similar lines from very well-intentioned, wonderful people who I love very much. They say, How old was she? And I say, She was in her 90s. And they say, okay. That's okay. They didn't say that. They didn't say that's okay. But they go, okay. It's not a tragedy. She lived a long life. And and I, I keep on wondering, why do they say that for? Why do people say that? Why do people say that if somebody is old and they pass away, it's okay? How do they know? How do they know it's okay? How do they know that it's okay for the person who suffered the loss, that the age matters? Why does age matter for why why do people do that? And they're so well-intentioned and they're so wonderful. And it only, it, 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 I remembered it from my grandfather. And, I, and I'm remembering, and I'm getting it now. How old? Oh. She lived a long life. She lived a long life. I remember at my grandfather's funeral, in the room before we walked into the funeral, where the body was, and my, pa- my mom and my aunts were sitting there, I remember someone walking into my mom who was crying, being like, he, he lived a long life. I-, I remember asking myself, like, what do people do that for? And I think it's very much connected to the concept of expectation. We don't know how to regulate our emotions well. We're very flexible in our emotions. We can feel things in, in incredible ways. We have the ability to have emotional shifts based on knowledge that swing so far. You remember the story that I think I told here with the cookies about the lady sitting at the at the um, at the gate to an airport to an airplane, and she bought herself a bag of cookies. Remember the story? I think I told it here. And she's eating the cookies, reading a book, and some stranger's putting her ha- his hand in the cookie in her cookie bag, and she's going out of her mind. Like, it's, she's saying anything to him, but like she's so mad at him. Like, he's putting his hand in her cookie bag. And she's working herself up, like, what kind of person does that? And finally, she gets up, she leaves after the cookies are finished. He's taking, she's taking cookies. She gets on the plane, and she reaches into her bag, and she finds her bag of cookies. Meanwhile, she's taking his cookies. And at that moment when she's sitting on that airplane, thinking that that stranger took from her bag of cookies, her emotional response was so negative, so angry. In a moment, just recognizing that it was the wrong bag of cookies, it was she was taking his bag, her emotions shifted. Emotions are relative to our knowledge. Emotions, that's why they, they fleet. That's why they come and go, because they are in response to what we believe to be right, what we believe we deserve. I wonder if, I don't know the stats, but maybe Andy will get it. I wonder what the life expectancy was of individuals a hundred years ago, 1920. And if, I don't know if it was, let's say it was 70 years old. If in 1920, somebody lost a parent or grandparent that was 70 and they said, okay, 58 years life expectancy. 58 years old, 60 year old. Imagine someone going to a funeral and going to somebody in 1920 who was 65, and they go, "Okay, okay." Maybe in in 200 years ago, someone going to a funeral of somebody who was 50, and they go, "Okay, relax." Guys crying, they lost maybe 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 a parent in in 1820. and what changed we're still human beings we still love our parents we still love our grandparents how come in 1820 you go to a if someone went to a funeral of a 50 year old they would tell the people sitting in mourning all right they lived a long life and then in 1920 they would say to someone who's 60 years old okay okay and then in 2020 they would say to a nine-year-old okay the family dynamics different do we love people less i just think our expectations have changed and what people are saying is you can't expect that much from the world you can't expect you can't expect people to live past 90 past 100 i mean come on so don't get so upset because If you get too upset now, your expectation is not matching reality. I think therein lies really one of the most important aspects of our happiness. Is that we can't toggle reality. We can't change reality. We can shape it, we can work for it, but we can't change it. And it drives us crazy. I get, a, I get a lot, one of my the questions I get most now from people in the world of faith is, how does one believe in God during this period of time? And I said, I don't know, I've never found an easier period of time to believe in God. Some of the most basic institutions, some some of those basic institutions have told us we're trying our hardest. We have no idea that the era of we can control our destiny, the era of we know how to make things work, the era of we have it all under control is gone. I don't know. And then I clarified and said, oh, you mean how does somebody who sees God as the thing that they turn to to get what they need and who delivers whatever they want. How do they believe in Amazon.god during this period of time? It's very hard because when God is the thing in the sky that we order things from spiritually, who's supposed to be a good boy when we tell him to who's supposed to deliver what we're what we want from him because we know reality. When God plays to our reality, we believe in him because he's playing our game and I want to control reality. And if that means i got to control some God in the sky that someone told me about who is part of my reality, fine, whatever. I'll add that to the list. I I don't know, I'll play to the lady at the DMV. Why can't I play to the invisible man in the sky? If that's our definition of God, then yeah. It's hard. He's not delivering. Because we love controlling reality. But as soon as the reality comes out of our control, we we feel uneasy. So maybe... Maybe the beginning of this is that if we really are, are honest with ourselves, our happiness, we, we attach happiness to whether or not we're getting the reality that we want. And if we get the reality that we want, we feel happy for the moment. If we get closer to the goals that we're hoping for, then we feel happy. And then that's not happiness. So it goes away and we go, oh, I know. I got to get a new goal. It's, I got to get to the next level. That's why. I must not be happy because the happiness that I'm really waiting for is after the next semester. It's after the graduation of high school. That's the game we play with ourselves is that we think that when I accomplish the reality that I set out for myself, that's where my happiness lies. Then we get there and go, I don't feel it and go, "Mm, it's probably not. It's probably, it's probably resting at the next level. Let me just keep on going. But maybe we're in the wrong pathway. And maybe We can never control reality. And even the attempting of controlling reality is what's driving us crazy. Maybe the only thing that's actually going to give us happiness is not the control of reality, but is the control of our expectation of reality. Maybe if we start to, just like we said, don't control the world, control your schema. This is a a circle back to the schema as we say, maybe it is the expectation that I have from others and from the world and from myself, maybe the expectations are off. And I don't mean expect less. I mean expect differently. That's what we're going to toy with here. How do we toggle expectations? Because if we keep on fighting against reality, we may end up, who said this earlier here? Someone said we're running around, around, and around. Who said this on our chat? Someone wrote just now. Oh, Rochelle. We're like a mouse. Going around in a circle. Going nowhere. Very profound. But if we maybe start to change our expectations, we may find ourselves getting a power source called happiness that may take us closer to our goals than had we been fighting for our goals? Maybe the pathways to our goals and our ambition is not direct. Maybe it's roundabout. We're going to talk about this. We'll be off tomorrow because tomorrow is uh, Tisha B'Av. It's really one of the saddest days of the year. For those who want, I've, I'm doing a live show I'm speaking tonight at 10 15 on TorahAnyTime.com. And I'm going to do a live show um radio show from 6:30 to 8:45 it's going to be on um com. if you just check it out i'll probably have it i'll i'll, I'll post the information on my facebook page and on my instagram page for those who want the, the details that'll be tonight at 10:15 and it will be tomorrow at 6:30 um until the end of the fast which ends at 8:45 okay i look forward to uh To working down this path together this is an important bit of work we're going to do i hope and it'll be a memory of my grandmother and it'll be a memory of all of your grandparents as well or parents anybody who lived this life should be a memory of them as well we'll hold hands we'll do this together okay thanks so much for tuning into the daily boost with god's help i can't wait to see you again on friday